Let's talk that time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the greatest sports podcast that is out there. I'm your lovely host, the professor, a.k.a. Malcolm. So, last night, April 23rd, at 10.30, we had one of the greatest basketball games we saw in the playoffs. And we also saw one of the greatest basketball games probably we've seen in a very long time. This this series was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. I still can't believe what transpired. Um, I'm still, my mind is still racing to figure out what happened in this game. Um, there were just so many elements that happened that it just, it was just unbelievable. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. What transpired. You know, I saw a video of Damian Lillard walking into um, walking into um, the arena. And when I saw him walk into the arena, in the arena, excuse me, he was um, he was wearing a suit. And when I saw his suit, I was like, hmm, he's got that professional, I'm ready to do business look on his face. And he he just blew my mind last night. First of all, he was four from six from plus 30 feet in the game. And the simple fact that to start the to start the second half, he pulled up he pulled up from thirty plus to hit a three. When the Thunder made their run between like was it three fifty left in the third quarter into maybe half of the um, fourth quarter. The Thunder went on a serious one. I think they went on a 36-6 run or a, uh, I think it was 30-6 run. And they gave up so much in that time frame when Dane was on the bench. And when they came back, I think they were down 9, maybe. No, they were down 15. Excuse me. Yeah, they were down 15. And then less than three minutes to go, the Thunder have a 9-point lead. Now, this is the part where coaching matters because as, you know, the game goes on, there are a lot of things that I just didn't like. I thought one coach outcoached another. Um, Billy Donovan, I'm going to get to Billy Donovan. We're going to talk about Billy Donovan. But it was... So, the hot per the person with the hot hand on both teams was Dane and Paul George. Russ got the ball. I believe it was Dane was on him, and he leaned his body into him, and Russ missed the shot. So, with that play right there. I would be expecting Russ to um, actually um, go hard to the basket and go up with authority and uh, with the intent to kill. Because you go up for a dunk, you probably get it and the foul. 
but you also would change the aspect of the game. Because that is what's frustrating about Russ. It's like his decision-making has not been good at all. And his peers, Kyrie, Steph, Dane, Chris Paul, those guys make great decisions, which leads to W's. But the issue when I have with him with that play is if you make that dunk or get an and one, guess what? It's a two, it's a three-point game. So now, either way, you might change the aspect on how they go about that shot. That shot may still happen, and he stay may still make it, but at least you give them a different look because, Billy Donovan, you didn't decide to go two for one. You did not decide to go for two for one, and it would have made sense to go for two for one. So, it would have been a two-point game if you just scored the dunk. Now it's 117-115. Now you know they need a three to win the game. So now you're pressed up on everybody. If I'm George on that shot, and what really upsets me, it's like, first of all, Billy Donovan's not even looking at Paul George over there. He's looking to see if there's any motion on the other side. When they when Terry Stotts, when they got that bucket by Dane, that easy bucket he has, and Russ missed that shot, they knew they were going two for one. They knew they were going to go two for one because Dane scored, they got the miss that they wanted, and then they got the last shot. If you're the Thunder, you should have went two for one. Even if you would have missed one of those shots, or even if you make one, the game is still tied, and now you have the ball in your hands. See, nobody's talking about that today. Nobody's talking about the simple fact that they had an opportunity to have the ball back as the last shot. And in that moment, because in that moment, you give it to Paul George. You give it to him because he has won you a lot of games this year with game winners and clutch situations. You give him the ball. I would rather, as a head coach, go down with my best player with the ball in his hands. I'd rather go down that way because at least I don't I don't second-guess it. But the issue that I have is, one, they didn't give it to Georgia at the end of the game, and that's part of, part on, that, that part is on Russ. A big part of that was on Russ. And it's also on Billy Donovan. Call him a play. Isolate him. And force... The Blazers in a tough situation because he might draw foul. And if he draws the foul and makes a free throw or both of them, oh yeah. So it would it would change the out it would change the outcome of the game. It would change the outcome of the game. You would have to overthink so much and have to change your strategy at that point. Because the Blazers have to take a timeout. And then at that point, you don't need a three. And then you could probably run a play to get a good look at the basket. And then, even then, they still might win the game. Or they might not. But that two for one was so critical in the game. And it's these moments in basketball where some of these coaches, you just look at their decisions and you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the, and and you know what? This year, I thought Billy Donovan was turning a corner. But I just... I don't see it. I don't see it. You gave up a 3-1 lead. I believe that was his first year in the league. Was that three years ago? No. Yeah, it was three years ago. That was the second year in the league. I'm sorry. And then you get bounced out the first round every single year for the past three years? Like, when are we going to question, like, we sit here and forget that coaches are just as much as important as the players are. Because you need a coach that can draw up a play, that can make decisions, rally his players, 
take the smart timeouts and put the players in the best position. But last night, him not going for that two-for-one really infuriated to me because you needed the last shot. But also, at the same time, infuriates me about Paul George and Billy Donovan that no, you weren't pressed up on Lillard. He was four, like, he was four from six from 30-plus. Like, I mean, he, before that, he was three for five before that shot. But, homie, yo, press up on him, George. Get up on him. Force him to take a different shot. Don't let him get in his comfort zone. Don't let him get to his spot. And it, it just, it was just a collapse. It was a coaching decision collapse. It was a player collapse between George and Russ. It was just so stupid. It was so dumb. But it sums up how their season went. Because they lost 12 great games straight at the end of the regular season. You can't do that. That's also on coaching, too. And he did sign an extension, I believe, in December. And they gave it to him. <sighs> so we'll see what happens. But, man, this is... I don't know what they're going to do. Because they cap is struck. Like, they, they ain't got nothing. They ain't got nothing. They have no cap space. They have no ability to move. Like, they got to hope they find a diamond in the rough. And when Robeson comes back, it improves them defensively. And that that... They're just one of the best defensive teams in the league. But there's no shooting also. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be real difficult for the Thunder this offseason. Now, do I agree with Paul George and what he said about the shot that Dame took? Saying um, he believed it was a bad shot. Um... I believe he has he has he has a point. He has a point. Because if he misses that shot, it's I believe the game was tied at one fifteen apiece. And they go in overtime. And you still have to play basketball. And then maybe the Thunder just ride Paul George out and they win the game. But you still have six and seven to close out. You rest the possibility of going back to Oklahoma and having to beat them at home. And then you're like, okay, we, we got game seven in our house. Still a toss-up. So then you'd have to play more games. And <clears throat> when you um, when you play longer in that series, an injury can happen. You don't know what else could happen. So I just he does have a slight point, but he was a little salty. He was. He is a little salty. So. When I think about how the outcome of the game was. Now, should Paul George regret uh, staying in OKC? No, I don't think he should regret it. Um, but I do believe that <clears throat> these past few seasons have been frustrating. Um, and it 
the ball's in Sam Presti's court because you have to improve this roster and add shooters to this team, at least two. Um, that will help you tremendously. Um, you still, Grant's going to get better. You need to involve Adams more in the offense. George needs your primary ball handler. Um, not all the time, but late in game situations, you got to give the ball to him. Um, and I believe you need a new head coach, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So you get what you get. But it's going to be very interesting to see what they do this offseason. I'm going to watch them closely more than I ever have because it's going to be very interesting. Now, moving forward to uh, another topic. Somehow they're always in the news. Magic Johnson, excuse me, got caught by TMZ and, you know, they asked him questions, stuff like that. And he said he's still going to help the Lakers recruit in the NBA offseason, free agency. When I saw that video, I was like, wait, what? Didn't you leave that team? Wasn't some of your reasons why you left is because you felt like you didn't want to get the blame if you didn't land that second superstar? He did say he would quit if he wasn't going to land that second superstar. So I believe he... I believe Magic Johnson knows the Lakers probably won't get that second star. And he, he bailed. He said he was going to do it. He laid the foundation out for everybody. And nobody believed him. And he did it. And for him to say that, come on, bro. Because right now, Dave McMenamin says Lakers have a lot of work to do to repair a relationship with LeBron. You damn right. You hurt, you fractured that relationship within a year. You fractured it within a year. And depending on who you hire as your head coach, and it looks like Kurt Rambis is going to be the president of basketball operations, I guess. But, and then you still keep um, Rob Palenka. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess, and I think there's more pressure on the Lakers brass because you've got to get this right. You you have to have some stability. You have to create some stability. Like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. You have a window, and granted, I don't believe you're going to win a championship or make the finals, but the Lakers are, are, are just... A mess right now. The laughing stock of the NBA. And we'll get it to it later in the show. But the Clippers might be landing some big free agents, according to Stephen A. Smith and what he reported yesterday. So the Lakers right now just they I don't I don't see the light at the end of this tunnel. I don't see it. Um it doesn't look good no matter way no matter which way you look at it. Um, but Magic Johnson, somebody needs to get an interview with him. I hope it's Stephen A. or Michael Wilbon or Rachel Nichols or Jackie or Ramona or somebody big time because he has to give us actual answers on why he left. And it's been reported already the reasons why he left, but we need to hear it from him. And I got a feeling he'll never get that, do that interview because he already did an interview with Rachel Nichols. But it's just, it's not a good look for the Lakers at all. And they missed the playoffs for six straight years in a row. And when you look at the Western Conference and see how deep and tough it was, the teams that were on the crisp, on the brink of making the playoffs will get better. And the Lakers might be just on the outside looking in because I believe that this season was the start of LeBron's decline. I don't I'm not saying he's not gonna be good next year, but I just think when I look at Kawhi, 
Giannis, KD. When I look at those other guys, they're younger, and I can make the argument that they're better. I can make that argument. And I probably win because I'm good at arguments and debating. But I just truly believe that the Los Angeles Lakers and their fans are about to be they're about to be rudely awakened on what it looks like. Because their future right now is, man, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. It's not sounding good. It's about to get rough. It's about to get real rough for the Lakers. So, <laughs> y'all, better, y'all better get ready because it's going to be nasty. It's going to be real nasty. Now, granted, I could be wrong, and I could eat crow on that. That's fine. But, no. That's, no. Their future's not bright to me. Their future's not bright to me at all. At all. Now, I want to get into this Stephen A. Smith report um, that he dropped yesterday. And um, it kind of blew my mind when he said it. I was like, wait, did he really just say that? So he reported yesterday on First Take Wednesday, um, April 23rd, that that the Clippers have a more than 50% chance of landing... Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. He said they had a 50% chance, more than 50% chance of getting it done for what he's hearing. And that is absolutely amazing. I love this idea on so many levels. But I also want to see Kyrie and KD play together. So, but my reasoning behind that it's because Kawhi gets to play in LA. Whose team it will be? It'll probably be KD's team. But Kawhi will finally be able to play with a player that is good, almost, it, not, excuse me, it's better than he is, or is on the same level, same tier. So. Could this happen? I don't know. And for Kevin, you're in LA. You want to be a business mogul. Your businesses will thrive even more. Your sneakers would sell more. More jerseys, more money, more fame. Your foundations will grow. So there's a lot of positive things for both guys to go there. And also... You'd be guaranteed to rule LA because the Lakers wouldn't beat you. So, <laughs> oh my God, like if that did happen, if those two did play together, like you have the best, oh my God, their defense would be a problem because their length, oh, Katie and Kawhi, <sighs> you can put those dudes up on anybody. Jesus Christ, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, man. That, that, oh, I'm just thinking about it over and over and over. Like, if these two brothers did it, Jesus. Jesus, be a fence. The rest of the league would, oh my God, I don't know what the league would do at that point. You would have to just throw in the towel because then how's Golden State going to beat that? How are you going to beat that? You can't. You can't beat those two linked up like that. And then they still have Pat Beverly, Shea Gillis, Alexander, Gallinari. Um, they would still have, um, dang, what's the other dude's name? Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Harold, they would still have those dogs on that team with Kawhi and KD. 
my God. Woo. And Shea Gillis, Alexander only would get better. You have a Hall of Fame coach in Doc Rivers. Steam Ballmer has deep pockets, so he doesn't care how much money he's going to spend. Jerry West is in the building. And KD has a relationship with Jerry. So it, it's a win-win situation for everybody. The Clippers have the draft capital. They would have the cap space to make continue to make moves and improve and get better. And oh my god, they just, oh. I just I just wouldn't know how you beat that team. I wouldn't know how you beat that team. That'd be so hard to stop. That would be so hard to stop and defend. Oh my God. I would love for that to happen though. I would absolutely love for that to happen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are two. No, I'm sorry. We are three series away from being officially in the second round. Rockets and Jazz game series is still going on. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell for having a great game. The Warriors and Clippers series is coming to an end. And there's one more series. Or is it just two? Yeah. It's just two series. And once those series are over, we now move into the phase of the second round. And the matchups we're about to see, Golden State versus Houston in the second round. Portland versus Denver. I'm assuming the Spurs are going to lose. Boston versus Milwaukee. That's going to be a great series. We're going to talk about that next. And Philly versus Toronto. We're also going to talk about that series. The Boston Celtics versus the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be a great series. It's going to be a great series. I totally disagree with Nick Wright and everything he said about this series. He he's hundred percent believes the Bucks will win this series. And the reason why I disagree, um, is because I just believe that the Celtics have what it takes to get it done. Everything that they've been through this year, they had to face adversity. They've had to. They faced adversity all year long. All year long. And when I watched them in the playoffs, I was looking at them and I was like, okay, they're playing better. But to me, what transpired was there was more urgency. There was more understanding of their roles. Uh, the ball was constantly moving. Guys were defending at a high level. And I believe all of that starts for the Celtics it, it, it's Kyrie. He stirs the Boston Celtics drink. That's what he does. He stirs the drink. And when he's 100% focused, 100% ready to go, fired up, he was, he's been waiting for this all year long. Excuse me, he's been waiting for this for the past year and a half. So for him to be in this moment and for him to go out there and distribute and score at a high level, make so many great decisions with the basketball and defend. There were so many times where Kyrie was up in the grill of Collison or Tyreek Evans forcing them or Wesley Matthews forcing them to make bad passes and bad plays. Getting necessary rebounds. I believe he had a block. He had a great, he had a really good series. Jalen Brown had a great series. 
had a really good series. Excuse me. Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum had a really good series. And those two stuck out to me just as much as Kyrie did. And the reason why I say that is because for Jason Tatum, I saw one play that he made, and I believe it was game two. No, was it game two? No, it was game three. He made a great play. Kyrie's dribbling up the ball, passes to Tatum on the right elbow on a three-point line. Pump fakes. I thought he might shoot it. I legitimately thought he might shoot it with the defender in front of him and take a bad shot. And during the season, he would take shots like that, whether it was a three or a contested two. But in this critical situation, I saw the maturity and the growth in him in just this one play. Pump fakes, drive passes his defender, draws a double team, and Gordon Hayward back cuts behind the defense and gets an easy bucket. He understood, I can't take this bad shot. I need to put the ball on the ground, drive past him, and maybe take a pull-up to. That would be wide open. Or take it to the rim. Because I know Tatum, and I've seen his style of play. And I know even if Gordon Hayward wasn't underneath the basket like that, he could easily could have did a Euro and then finish right by um, Evan Turner. So, I look at that, and I say, okay, he, he's matured. He learned, he's learned his lesson during the season of taking bad contested shots. He understands that. He understands that. And he was making plays at both ends. And when I saw him make plays on the defensive end, I was like, okay, he has gotten better defensively. And with Brown, he was just continuing to be aggressive. And I love it. I know, I can't wait to hear her thoughts, but I know Jackie McMullen is happy for Jalen Brown because she did an extensive interview with him. And he talked about the struggles he's had. And for him to be back at this level in the playoffs and to just excel shows his mental toughness. It shows his maturity. And that's what you wanted from Tatum and um, Brown. That's what you wanted from them. You wanted them to grow. You wanted them to be more mature. And you got that. And it saw you saw it in the playoffs. Horford, Horford um, played good in this series. Um, he was getting killed. I believe it was game three. I believe it was game three late in the game. He was getting killed on the pick and roll. And he was just getting beat. And they kept going back to it. And then at one point, and two back-to-back plays, he causes Corey Joseph to get a missed layup. And then on the other play, he blocks a shot at the rim, at which leads to a fast break. And I believe it was that fast break that uh, gave Tatum that pass to Horford. Their late game situations, they knew who to give the ball to. They still continued to move the ball. And they didn't take their foot off the pedal. They did not take their foot off the pedal. Gordon Hayward had a good series. And if he can still take it to another level or play that good consistently in the next series... I believe they will win. I've been saying it all year long. I don't believe in Milwaukee, but in order to convince me, they have to beat Boston. If they don't beat Boston, this whole season, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big disappointment. It's going to be a huge disappointment. A huge disappointment. And I believe late in game situations for the Bucks, you can only go really to two players. I don't know when Brogdon will be coming back, but I just truly believe that 
in late game situations, you can only go for the Bucks. You don't only go to Giannis and Chris Middleton, but for the Celtics, they can go to Kyrie. They can go to Tatum. They can go to Brown. They can go for Horford. They can go to Horford. They can go to uh, Gordon Hayward. Morris to a certain extent. So they got six. They have five guys, definitely, maybe six, that you trust in a late game situation. And the Bucks only have two. And the thing with Giannis is, if you stay home with everybody else, or maybe you clog the paint and you defend the perimeter at a high level, you can beat them. And I believe the Boston Celtics have the depth, the youth, and the ability to switch on everything. Because they want to force Giannis to shoot. I don't believe he'll have a really good shooting game. But we'll see what he's made of. This 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 series, to me, will determine Giannis' future in the league. That's how big it is. Because if you lose to the Celtics, which I believe they will, it's going to be devastating for their season. But if you beat the Celtics, it shows you taking that next step on what it takes to win an NBA championship. But you got to win this series. I believe it will go seven games. I wanted to go seven games, be truthfully. And we'll see how that goes. But I believe Boston has a really good shot to win this series. And what I've just seen from the, from Indiana and how they played the last couple of weeks of the season, they have played well. Um, and I believe this is the moment Kyrie was talking about. I expect him to ball. Because Eric Bluffs is going to have to show up because Terry Rozier put, beat the brakes off of him last year. He took it to him. So now you got Kyrie back there and Terry Rozier, and you're going to be missing Brogdon. I'm very curious. I want. I really want to know when the Bucks and the Celtics' first game is because I really hope that, man, I really want it to be Thursday or Friday. At least Friday or Saturday, man. Or Sunday. Like, please be this weekend. Because I want to see how this series is about to play out. Because I would love it if Boston won the first game. Oof, it'd be so nice. But we got to see how this series goes. We have to we have to see how the series goes. Because it's going to be very interesting on how it goes and how it starts. The same that, by the way, we also got to get into... The uh, Portland potential matchup in the second round. I believe it will be Denver. And in this series, after seeing Dane play in this first round, I would I would give Portland the edge. I'd, I'd make them favorites. And I say that because you see all the play you got from Dane and the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. And their ability to fight and be mentally tough and calm and cool and collected in big situations. I think the pressure is going to mount even more on the Nuggets as the season, postseason goes on. And I believe Dame and CJ are more accustomed to handling that pressure than the Nuggets are. Because it's, it's easy for them in the first round because people expect you to beat the Spurs. But when you get into that second round... You're in a situation now where you really have to be on your A game because Dame and CJ are they nothing to play with. So defensively, your guards have to be smart. And I don't believe Jamal Murray is better than CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard. Portland has the best two players in this series. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a great one. I really hope it goes seven. It's going to be a dog fight. But the first two games are in Portland. And and Denver, last time I checked, is not a good road team. So they could go up 0-2. And chances of teams of winning that series are 
near slum. I think it's like an 86, 88% chance that you lose that series if you start 0-2. So, I just don't, I just, I believe Denver would be a top five team, but I don't believe they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. I think Michael Wilbon, and you, you know, it's funny, Portland was one of my sleepers to make a run this year. And I'm so glad they're making this run. But I believe now that they will probably make the Western Conference Finals. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. I'm not claiming it yet because I have to see them play Denver. But you can avoid Golden State and Houston until the Western Conference Finals. Whoever came out of this Portland Thunder Series, that's what it was going to be. Western Conference Finals at that point. So when I look at this series, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. This second round is gonna be fun. We have um, Golden State Warriors versus Houston Rockets, and that in itself is gonna be a great series because these teams want each other. If we get it earlier in the postseason. And I believe that the Warriors in this series are stepping into their groove. And we'll see what happens with Houston tonight. Because if Utah wins that game tonight, um, it's not good. It's not good because now you got to go back to Utah to game six. And then if you don't win that game, now it's game seven. And now Golden State's got a lot of rest. So, man. If Houston doesn't win tonight, man, this series is going seven. And nobody predicted it would go seven. So, Golden State's going to close out tonight. Houston has the opportunity to close out. They had an opportunity last week or last game in game four. They get they they did not get it done. So they gotta win tonight. It's a must win tonight because you can't let this game get get past five. You can't. You can't let it get past five. You have to close out. And I don't know if they can close out in game five. I don't know. It's just such a toss up at this point. Because Utah played so good in game four. Mitchell showed up. But the question is, can they take that on the road tonight? Can they take it on the road? And that's gonna be a million dollar question. They got to continue to be aggressive and attack the basket. They have to defend hard and well. They have to. If they want to win that series, that's what they have to do. But I don't believe they'll win that series. I don't believe Utah will win the series. But you have to put yourselves in better positions. You have to. You just have to. The Raptor versus Sixer series, that's going to be a battle. It all weighs on the health of Joel Embiid. The whole series. If he dominates every big that they have, I believe Phil would probably win that series because then at that point, they'll probably double Joel. Next, you know, Tobias Harris, Butler, Simmons, Reddick, they could, they could go off. But there at that point, or at least I'm at that point, where that could be a dangerous matchup for the Raptors. Now, who wins that series? I would say the Raptors do because of their depth. Um, the three-point shooting, something, two things Philly doesn't really have. So, it's definitely going to be a fight. The first two games are in Toronto. If I'm Philly, if you're Philly, the goal is to get a split, obviously. You want to split going back to Philly because then that crowd's going to be rocking in game three. So even if you lose game one, you win game two. And then game three, you could go up 2-1 and possibly go up 3-1. So Philly has to play their cards right. Brett Brown and that coaching staff have to get it together and they have to make good decisions late in the game. This coaching staff has to step up. They have to. 
you got to get to the third level of the playoffs if you're Brett Brown, if you want to keep your job. For me, because I'm at that point with him. And my uncle, he was telling me, he's like, man, I don't like him. I don't like him. And my bro, Julian, was telling me the same thing. And I was agreeing with him, but I was like, let me, let's also wait and see what he does in the playoffs this year. Because they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that his job is obviously saved. Because every, for the past three years, they, they made the playoffs two years ago. Then they make it to the second round. Then this year, they made it past the second round to the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's progress being made. But the issue is in late game situations, can he draw plays and can they make good decisions and not turn over the ball late? They have to make good decisions down the stretch. Because the Raptors are really good and they can cause you some problems. They can cause you cause you some serious problems, especially when they might put Kawhi on Ben Simmons. And he might neutralize Ben Simmons. But Embiid's health is the biggest key in this series. He's got to be healthy. He has to. There's no question about it. He's got to play. If they want to have a shot. So I don't I don't know if he'll be healthy. I don't believe he will. And that might cost him the series. Now... When I think about these second round matchups, I think about the X factors in every series. And the X factor for me and the Raptors and six or for the Raptors is they have to get production, consistent production from Kyle Lowry. He can't throw up another donut game or throw up nine points and expect them to win. Like, no, you can't do that. Not against Philly. You have to step up if you're Kyle Lowry. And I really don't like talking much about Kyle Lowry because I already know what I'm going to get from him. So I really don't want to waste my time on him, but he is an X factor. It, it, it's an X factor. I believe an X factor in the Portland possible Denver series. Man, I think the X factor in that series would be Ennis Cantor. He's got to dominate like he did in the first round against Steven Adams. He has to dominate, he has to be on the glass. You know, keeping balls alive, creating second chance opportunities. He has to do those things. Because he's going to have his hands full with Jokic or Nokic. They're going to have their his hands full. So he has to step up in those moments. I think the Warriors and Houston series, I think the X factor will be Andre Iguodala. Iggy has been playing good. The past couple weeks. Um, and I think he's amped it up as the end of the season is coming. And the Warriors need his high level of play if they want to make their run and repeat. I think the X Factor and the Boston and Milwaukee series is Gordon Hayward. He's got to step up. He's got to continue to step up. And if he takes that step forward to getting back to who he was, it's going to help the Celtics tremendously because now he's coming off the bench and you, got, and you have to defend him. He could take apart Milwaukee's second team with Rozier. So we'll see if he can step it up, but I believe he will be an X factor in that series. He, he's key. He is absolutely key in that series. And I can't believe that the playoffs, to me, the playoffs have been good. But some of the games have been great. Like, I, I forget the Lakers are not in the playoffs, and I forget LeBron's not in the playoffs. Like, we have so much to talk about every single day on basketball. And majority of the time, we're talking about other teams instead of the Lakers. And granted, we just talked about the Lakers recently, and we're still talking about them a little bit. But... I definitely have enjoyed this version of the playoffs. I absolutely have enjoyed. There's such there's such a um, huge um, impact on the playoffs this year. There's such a huge impact of the NBA playoffs. 
players might decide to team up. They might decide to leave. They might decide to stay. It's it's a lot of moving. It's a lot of moving. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out because it's going to be very important how a lot of things play out for a lot of these players. KD and Kawhi can link up. KD and Kyrie can link up. Jimmy could leave Philly. Um, it, it's uh, Kemba could leave Charlotte. He could stay. Um, it's just a lot of moving pieces on the chessboard, but the the biggest piece is KD. KD can swing the pendulum of power in the NBA. He could swing it. Absolutely could. And then after that, so so could Kawhi. Kawhi has that same power. Kyrie has that same power. He could stay with Boston and run this team back again. I don't think they should trade for Andy Davis because I'm not giving up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I'm not giving up those two young guys. But the impact of the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting because the second round is going to be tough. Every game is going to be a dogfight and it's going to matter. No game will be boring. There will be no blowouts. Every game will be close. Clutch performances and clutch plays, great defense, great coaching will be seen at one of its highest levels in, in, during this season. And we get to see it almost every single night. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It's going to be a great second round. And even the conference finals will be great. The NBA finals will be great. And I can't wait to see the ratings when they come out when LeBron's not in the playoffs because I think they will be higher. I believe they will be higher. So it's going to be great to see it. And we're going to have so much fun. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I cannot wait to be able to experience them every single night. Because I know these players are going to show up. It's going to be, oh my God, it's going to be so, it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. And I absolutely love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, that's another episode in the books. This has been a great episode. This has been a great playoffs. I'm so excited what's what's to come next. I'm so excited what's to come next. Um, damn, man. Oh, it's going to be great. This is, ugh, man. Y'all just don't know. I'm getting goosebumps over here. My, hand, my hair and my arms are stand, standing up. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. And I can't wait to discuss and talk about more about these games and dissect more of these games. Working on trying to add clips and audio to uh to the show. Still working on a little editing and stuff like that and dabbling in that. Because I wanna add these clips and these quotes to the show. So it's gonna be very interesting on how these playoffs play out. Because we could be looking at a Western conference. You know what? I'm not even gonna tell you my picks. I'm saving for the next episode. I am your host Malcolm Campbell, a.k.a. The Professor, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest sports podcast show that's out there and the best host there is. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.